everybody, welcome to the Blue Collar Built Podcast, the show about two brothers who are sharing their experiences or going through it. What's up? How much? We had a good day yesterday. A little pool volleyball. Yeah. It, it was, was hotter nice. than hell. It's super hot. Dude, the pool was like 92 degrees. Yeah, well, and we left. We left at like 11 o'clock. Oh, yeah. And it was still like 92 two degrees or so yeah like it was still hot that's crazy yeah that doesn't surprise me it felt good though yeah it no nice. it did Glad yeah like went. you said the pool was like a hot tub yeah damn near it really was but it felt better than being outside yeah yeah i don't i'm not like the hugest fan of like swimming like i could take it or leave it yeah <clears throat> but uh no yesterday was definitely on those worth hot it. days yeah yeah pools are nice well, and, and speaking, I mean, hot days, this last week was brutal, brutally hot. Yeah. We get a little relief, but then not much, dude. No, not much. About halfway there. through the week, it's going to be in mid-90s and then into the weekend, mid-90s. Yeah. No, uh, tomorrow and Tuesday are about the only yeah. decent days. So It'll be nice. We'll put some work in. Yeah, we got some work done last week, though. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Whole driveway. Yeah. We'll and we away. went over and helped out in Omaha and yeah, helped dad out there. Yeah, yeah, we got we got quite a bit done this week. Uh huh. Yeah, and we got a skid loader. Oh yeah, Super happy about that. Yeah, I'm excited too. Yeah, we'll get you out, get you trained on that now. Yeah, that'll be fun when the time is right, of course. But yeah, yeah. I'm excited to learn how to use it because that's gonna be a skill, a big skill for me to learn. Well, I think once I learn that, then. I'm going to be a lot more confident on doing the cool thing about learning a trade. Kind of like we were talking yesterday is once you learn a trade, whether you use it or not mm-hmm. consistently is something that you can always fall back on. Yeah. You got it in your toolbox now. Always. Yeah. It doesn't matter. So everything you're learning currently, whether you choose to proceed with it in your future, if you ever run into something, you can always fall back on that to make you money mm-hmm. in the meantime. Yeah, exactly. That's why I think it's valuable that everybody knows how to at least do some sort of trade. It doesn't have to be concrete, but yeah, I would encourage everybody to learn some trade. Yeah, that's like with Joe with his house. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't want to do it, and it sucks. But I mean, he has a little bit of knowledge now. Yeah, he has enough knowledge to realize it fucking sucks, right. <laughs> which is funny. Well, but... and he had to learn a lot. I mean, he had yeah. to learn HVAC, electrical. Yeah. You know, carpentry a little yeah. bit. You don't need to know that many. Just no, one specific. But I give him credit and I think it's cool that he wanted to do that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm glad he went through that because mm-hmm. now he knows. Mm-hmm. Well, we got some headlines this week. Let's uh let's dive into some of these. This one's this one you can relate to cuz you know, you're always kind of dabbling and looking at houses and stuff. Yeah, just looking. Right. Yes. Yeah. 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 I know how the one now. I, yeah, I know. I I want to, but it's like I it's can't. It's a terrible time, and I that's can't. what that's what this reads. So this is on uh, a Yahoo Money. We're heading into a housing recession. Here's what the NAHB CEO sees in real estate right now, and why it spells trouble for the economy. Housing, which is a key segment of the national economy, looks extraordinarily weak right now according to recent report by the national association of home builders well that's no secret i mean it looks bleak to everybody yeah we're heading into a recession 
She described how a rapid decline in home building and demand for new homes could drag the national economy lower. Here are some of the highlights. Housing leads every recession since Second World War II. Residential real estate is an integral part of the American economy. In fact, housing activity contributes to 15 to 18 of gross domestic product every year, according to the NAHB. A slowdown in this sector naturally pulls down the rest of it. So yeah, when you have something that is that big of a product that's sold every year, I mean, you're talking 18% of all products in yeah. the United States. Yeah. So it just, no, that's it drags and builders, builders face multiple demand and supply side pressures. You know, that's, that's no secret. Yeah. I, that, that's very interesting because anything I talk about or listen to and talk about with others is like, well, real estate's a very good investment. And that makes sense. Like if it's stagnant, then money, obviously there's still a lot of money in real estate but if it's stagnant then the money's not moving so then if the money's not moving then obviously people that are invested in real estate don't have that large amounts of money they invested into it and can't use it for other things right right that makes sense to me yeah and it's you know and it's not that that investment goes away it's just at a period of you can't the The money's not equity the equity in the house isn't there yeah so you can't use that i mean what is taking place right now is no secret, especially to us. We get to see it firsthand yeah. out in the out in our industry. Okay. You know, the the more the economy goes down, the more homes that aren't being built, mm-hmm. the less work there is for guys like us. Yeah. And so we get to see that firsthand. Fortunately, we don't really deal in the new housing right area. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I mean what's happening is homes are becoming obviously more expensive or they were they, build. yeah mm-hmm. supply and demand for building those homes as far as the products to build those homes is still behind so not only are you paying these overpriced prices for homes it's taking longer to build them there's just a lot that is kind of cascading to prevent somebody from even being interested in Mm -hmm. buying a new home is that the line to where like okay so these home builders are spending way more or have to spend way more to build these new homes and in turn people that are buying those homes are buying for a higher price is is that the line that pushes like per se like your house up then because that person had to spend that x amount of dollars on that house not really because is that what, not necessarily what drives what would drive my house well demand you right up, right demand. would be demand so yeah. what what happened that drove houses like mine like way up mm-hmm. is those home builders couldn't build the new houses fast enough so there wasn't enough available houses so when one like mine did go up it was its value was ridiculous because yeah. there aren't enough houses for as many buyers yeah. as there are Mm-hmm. So that's really what drives that up, and that's what's kind of driving the prices kind of down now. They're not going up anymore, right? Is because the interest rates, and no one wants to buy an expensive house and have a big interest rate. Yeah, so then now another, they're sitting, and that's another thing that kind of drives home prices, right? Because before you were paying virtually 
nothing for interest so you could afford to overpay on a house. Well, now you're not going to overpay on a house and pay seven to eight percent on that no, house. No one smart's going to do you that. Can't, you can't afford it. Yeah. And another part of the problem with that is, is the banks can't loan out. Your purchasing power is your purchasing power today is way less than what your purchasing power was three months ago. Mm -hmm. So somebody who could afford a $350 or $350,000 home three months ago might only be able to afford like a $275,000 home now yeah. just because that interest, interest rate. rate. Yeah. So yeah. it's crazy, but, but yeah, I mean, in this article's right, you know, Every recession, even in 08, what happened? We we went into a recession because the housing market imploded. And it was very, very similar, but also different because there were some other things. As yeah, what, as, what exactly happened? Was it, did they, I, I'm not familiar I, with that. I, I don't have the exact term, or I don't remember the exact terms, but essentially what would happen is you would have banks and these banks would sell off these bonds for these houses that were in debt. And so these banks would hold all this debt in these bonds. And anyways, people would just end up leaving their homes. They were approving people for million dollar homes that had no reason to own a million dollar home. Holy shit. And all these banks were holding on to this debt, obviously, because you know, you try and make money off of the debt. Mm -hmm. Well, it all crashed. None of that debt could be paid for and the banks went bankrupt yeah in the long and short of it i mean yeah. there's a lot more to no that. but that makes sense but that's essentially what happened yeah so i mean we curious to see what happens we've talked about it before it's just not you know right now is the time to well i can see it sit like and wait. you said like i'm not gonna buy a home for probably uh two years or so maybe even more i don't know it just depends but i look at the market like regular like every week mm -hmm. if not every day and it's crazy from like four to five months ago there'd be like 10 houses in our market right now there's like 30 houses and they're staying on the market for extended periods of time you see price cuts off them so they can try to get them sold it's crazy how fast it changes yeah just and with like a bump in well three percent interest rates quite a lot obviously oh yeah it's huge but I think it's just crazy how fast that changes. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's just part of the cycle, though. And you the know, government does that. Literally, yeah. the government does that, and that's just insane. Right. Well, speaking of what the government does, this just happened today about an hour ago. Um, the Senate passes the Democrats' sweeping health care and climate bill, and this is on uh, CNN Politics. Well this particular art article is, but this mm -hmm. whole story is obviously everywhere. It just happened. Mm -hmm. The Senate Sunday, Sunday afternoon passed Democrats sweeping health care tax and climate bill, sending it to the House of Representatives in a significant victory for President Joe Biden and his party. The final party line vote was 51 to 50, with Vice President Kamala Harris breaking the tie. The bill named the Inflation Reduction Act would represent the largest climate investment in U.S. history and make major changes to health policies by giving Medicare the power for the first time to negotiate the price of certain prescription drugs and extending 
expiring health care subsidies for three years. It would raise over $700 billion in government revenue over 10 years and spend over $430 billion to reduce carbon emissions and extend subsidies for health insurance under the Affordable Care Act. There's another part, let me see, where it actually talks about they include a new tax as well, which is a minimum 15% corporate tax. I want to jump all over this already for yeah. like the simple, for the simple. Here we go. Opinion. To avoid last minute collapse of the bill Sunday, Democrats created a plan to win over um, Arizona Senate Senator Christian Siema, who was concerned over the 15% corporate minimum tax impact on subsidiaries owned by private equity. Senate Democrats accepted a narrower tax proposal, but instead of paying for it through a change to the state and local tax deduction, as Senator Senate GOP Whip John Thune of South Dakota suggested, they instead extended the limitation on the amount of losses the business can deduct from another two for another two years. The change was intended to prevent House Democrats primarily from coastal districts who have campaigned for repelling limits on SALT deduction from breaking from the bill. After the bill passes in the Senate, Sama has said in a statement it would help Arizonans build better lives for themselves and their families by lowering prices, making health care more affordable and accessible, and securing Arizona's water and energy future, while boosting innovation and spurring job creation. So, you lost me on that last half. We might have to talk about that. Yeah. That, you might have to lead off with that. But from the beginning of that, I just think it's we're in a recession or headed toward a recession right now, right? Absolutely. Okay. Why, why is the government so concerned about every what you said on there was the government is planning on raising $700 billion, right? Mm-hmm. To me, that's a red flag because raising, where's the money coming from? It's coming from us. That means exactly. more taxes. We're yep. already hurting out here. Prices are going up. Right. Why are we concerned about that well, at this very moment? Like, <laughs> And they hide it in the reason of fighting climate and helping healthcare and the healthcare part i yeah i didn't catch a whole lot of that but as soon as you said the climate and taxes and yeah. it, it just oof. They're, what they're doing is uh, the, the healthcare part is essentially they're extending the ability to get low cost or free healthcare. But the big part is they're now going to let Medicare negotiate prescription costs for people. Okay. Which, Which I that's don't a know good enough thing, about I that, think. but I believe it is a good thing. Because, um, you know, there's a lot of things which we've covered the topic yeah, before. Yeah, because the, they'd be acting as a middleman. Right. So the pharmacy companies don't just willy-nilly, yeah, gouge you on something right. that could cost $5 versus what a pharmaceutical company would sell you for $500. They're going to negotiate the price down Yeah. say, hey, this is fair. I like that. Which is only fair because insurance companies can do that, right? Yes. Like, that's how we get... Or low cost. I think is, that's the whole point why people freak out because it's like if you don't have health insurance, then you're fucked because right. you don't have anybody on your side negotiating these prices. Exactly. And since people who don't have health care couldn't afford it and are 
on Medicare or older people who are on Medicare. Yeah. Medicare couldn't do that before, like insurance companies. Now it sounds like they'll be able to, which I agree is a big thing. But I'm with you. The the climate crisis thing, I'm, I'm forward and backwards on how this whole climate change thing is. Yeah. Which I'm, we're already headed. That's my thing. We're already headed in a better direction than we were. Right. Okay. And that's the only thing we really need to worry about is are we headed in the right direction? We don't need to jump peaks to get sustainable energy right away. It's going to happen eventually. Mm-hmm. All right. We're in the technology era. There's more technology that's coming out. It's going to help. So I don't think in passing bills, when has that ever really fucking done anything? Like, well, what what happens on these like this weekend was the Votorama, right? So they yeah. can start they wanted to get this bill passed so they can start sure. voting on amending all this stuff mm-hmm. in the Votorama. Yeah, I'd be curious to see what else is in that fucking bill too. Because right. that is one thing I learned the past year is they will throw a bunch of bullshit into that bill. It's just, then, it just works just like the internet. It's like mm-hmm. a clickbait title and then there's a bunch of bullshit in it. That's what the bills are. It's like, hey, this is what this bill is, but then we got a bunch of different weird fucking things we threw in there too. Yeah, a perfect example of that, which we felt was um, when I had the vape stores, mm-hmm. they attached that original regulation to an agriculture bill. <laughs> Explain that to me. Yeah, no. That's and so, so I'm dumb. curious to see after this whole Votorama amendment stuff, what gets attached on the back end of this massive bill. Yeah. Because that's what it's about, right? That's typically what it is. Yeah, it's just like a clickbait. And then they're like, oh, well, this sounds good. But what what's underneath that? Where, where's like all this hidden stuff? Because yeah. that's what they like to do, apparently. Well, and it's like 700 pages. Like who, yeah, exactly. That's uh, it. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's all mostly legal jargon, um, because it has to be. But these guys, I'd like to meet the center that sits down and reads through all of it, mm-hmm. versus the one who probably has staff that does it for them. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I can tell you right now, the average person is not reading through seven hundred pages worth of bill. No. no. I had to. There was one that came up and it was like 55 pages mm-hmm. and it was again back in the in the vape store days but it was just the fda that had put something out and it was 55 pages and it killed me reading through all that but i did yeah that was like one of the first times where it made sense to me that man i really should start reading like what i'm signing i should start reading what legislation yeah. is about i should because you don't, you don't see on these big bills, you don't ever get to really see what the real mm-hmm. bill is about. Mm-hmm. And that's what concerns me about this tax because it's, you know, it always sounds good, yeah. but there's also more hidden in there. Yeah, I just, I I find it hard to talk about politics nowadays just because I know that money runs everything it's not because one person truly believes one thing maybe there's one little sucker out there that gets away with it but i doubt it because he's looking at dollar signs and it's hard to turn down dollar signs right the reason this bill passed from what i know about politics is because some environmental groups probably paid the dems 
a shitload mm-hmm. of money to support the bill. And that's what happens. It's, so, like, it's, why? I don't even want to talk about it. If that's how it worked out, then I don't even give a shit. It's like, yeah. <laughs> well, and that's generally how politics is run anymore. That's The why entire I, thing is run like that. That's why, you know, at the end of the day, I think it would be phenomenal to be able to clean house and set new rules for. Yeah, that's going to take a for lot. Overall Congress. Just lobbying in general. Like, why is you that? Shouldn't be, lobbying shouldn't be legal. Why, is that, why are you allowed to pay people Yeah, to make decisions on bills? Well, because that's like, like you just said. As far as the climate goes for this bill, activist groups that got millions of dollars, they can lobby for them and fill pockets. Yeah, um, and and their and their idea behind climate doesn't even ha- it could be negative, honestly, right. like or positive. It doesn't. They it probably doesn't really even matter to them. They just want more money. Yeah, and it works on the flip side, right? Yeah. So you can't tell me that there weren't pharmaceutical companies lobbying against this oh yeah and padding pockets of people who would vote against it Mm -hmm. you know it's and it's stupid it's just shit pot full of money just being tossed around and it's annoying well and so it's interesting because that kind of brings me into our our next topic um how i could see what this next topic is about Mm -hmm. translating into a very bad thing potentially okay so this article um which just it popped up on the google news feed um it's tesla locks 80 miles of customers battery range for a 4500 ransom so Tesla tried to force a customer to pay $4,500 in order to unlock 80 miles of range that the company's software was originally locked in his battery pack. The automaker only started to walk back on the strategy to squeeze 4500 out of its customers after an uproar on social media. Tesla used to sell a Model S vehicles with software-locked battery packs, for example. Um, electric Seth Wine Wine Trebuzz. I'm sure that's right. Yeah. Anyways, this guy who write who wrote this article. Um, his first Tesla was a Model S forty, which was actually a Model S with a sixty kilowatt battery in it, but it included the software to be able to lock it at. 40 kilowatts so they could sell a model s 40 and a model s 60 the only difference between the two cars the software locked the 40 at only 40 kilowatts yeah it sounds like you can lock the 60 at 40 though right and that's what that's what this is yeah this was a way to offer different range options like we talked before it's no different than ford selling an xlt a lariat a king ranch and a platinum right Mm -hmm. the higher you you want the more you got to pay more perks all that stuff yeah right. and this so happens to be about the battery right later tesla started to offer owners of those software locked vehicles the option to unlock that so originally if you so wanted if you a 40 a- you just bought a 40 they didn't offer to unlock it okay if you but bought now a 60 they- it just came unlocked they never gave you the option to be able to unlock it so now Tesla phased out the practice over the years, but the company still used 
software locked battery packages when doing warranty replacements of the battery. Mm. This has created a situation for a customer that Tesla has completely mishandled. John Hughes, an infamous Tesla hacker, revealed the situation after trying to help a customer who bought a used Tesla Model S 90 that used to be a Model S 60. Mm. Same concept, right? Yep. 90, 60. Yep. The customer went to Tesla Service Center to get a computer upgrade so that his vehicle can stay connected to the internet. Older Tesla vehicles only had 3G connectivity. After Tesla visit, he re received a call from the automaker telling him that they found an error in the vehicle configuration and that they would have to fix. They would have to push a fix to his car. The fix reverted his 90 back to 60. Oh. So he bought it set up. For the 90. Yes. And then when they did the fix, it locked the software again back to 60. The customer tried to explain the situation to Tesla and have them re-enable the capability, which he paid for since he bought the car as a 90. So he already bought it for the 90 yeah. kilowatt. But Tesla told him that he had to pay $4,500 to unlock this capability again, which he already had. Yeah, that's weird. Okay. So I don't like that at all, honestly. My problem with this is, is this is the ability that we're looking at the more we get into these sophisticated technologies. Yeah. As a society... Now, this is private companies being able to do this with their vehicles, right? Yeah. Wait until it becomes a point where the government has access to turn off your technology. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. That's scary That'll to me. That'll spell a lot of trouble. I don't want to dive too much into, like, conspiracy on this. Yeah. But obviously, no, it's I a thing it. that can happen, right? Mm -hmm. So, the more we rely on this technology, electronics specifically... It's easy for somebody somewhere in Washington to hit a button on a computer that might cut off my power, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. It's No, that's a huge power struggle, potentially. Right. Yeah. That's and, a big shift. And obviously, there's technology to do that. You can unlock and lock certain technologies mm -hmm. that prevent you from using them. So let's say, I don't know, um we we end up in a more socialistic uh political climate yeah and we start going down this road of um less individual freedom well mm -hmm. okay we'll give you the freedom here we're giving you all these things right mm -hmm. like the government wants to do right well now all those free things are subject to their control so okay we'll help you out with your power, your energy, and we're making it more efficient, right? Mm -hmm. Hence the start of the climate bill. Right. But this is what we're going to be able to do. If you fuck up, we can turn that off. Mm -hmm. You don't do what we want you to do, we can turn that off. Yeah. That's a little scary to me. It is. I, I want to say that I don't know if that could really ever happen because... I don't know they... if you and I would ever see that but I, I see it as something that could 
could definitely happen. They would have to take the guns away first. That's all I'm saying. Right. Because they and can't start. Huge. Yeah, that's why I love America. Because it's like, yeah, we could get to that point. But if the government actually starts like trying to take control more than they already have, people aren't going to stand for that shit. There's going to be a huge resistance, which is why, obviously... There has been such a big push for gun control and gun legislation, uh-huh. right? That's because so that's our power. You can kind of follow what the government's trying to do based off the legislation they're trying uh-huh. to pass. And I'm glad you brought up the guns because that is one no, of it, the biggest deterrents from this happening any faster. People think that it's some people think that it's crazy, but I mean, it's true. It's like we're a nation where we have more guns than people. Like it's a legitimate thing. Like, it's our power. Yeah. It's our right to own these because, like you said, if that ever were the case and we didn't have power like guns and we couldn't rise up, rise. it seems like a, a fairy tale or something, but it's literally got to be in the back of the government officials' minds. Like, hey, these we got to make sure these people are happy right, and not take too many of their rights because they could cause some fucking anarchy. That's why the shit's in the Bill of Rights, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Our forefathers said, listen— we are going to be a governing body, but we also have to make sure the people can still defend themselves when they need to, even against us, if that's what that means. Yeah, correct. You know? Yeah, I love it. No, so, I love the whole story. I think, you know, that that's just kind of what I take from this article because it just shows that. But you're right. I mean, there, that could. It can happen. Yeah, for and sure. And it's not crazy to think that that can happen when we already have technology that can lock and unlock something as simple as a battery well i mean we saw a glimpse of it with covid right right like people weren't allowed to go people weren't allowed to do certain things i know the government made it that way how crazy is that to think about and 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 i feel sorry for the people who were naive enough to say well they were doing it for your for your safety you know the only person that i care about as far as my safety is me. Yeah. Like it's my safety. I don't yeah. need somebody else. Exactly. That, that just like flies a- over those people's right. heads. It flies right. Oh, it's like, no, I think I know some guy in freaking Washington, DC doesn't know me better than me. Exactly. That's, That's all what- horse shit. And on the flip side though, I don't expect somebody to come in and save me either. No. If if it's about me, it's about me. I right. will do what what it takes for my life. Mm-hmm. That includes my safety and that includes my success. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's crazy because it's 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 easy to forget about like what's happened even in the recent future. Like I don't even really remember. I do remember COVID, but it's like so I'm I wanted to get out of it so bad that I just stashed it away. But shit did happen and yeah. it hit the fan. And we have we have to remember that we need to fight to go back to having our freedoms again. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's some gray areas in there, but I mean, I, I, me personally, I don't think the government is working in our best interest. Like they just aren't. So to have a debate about, well, they're just trying to save lives. Like I don't buy that shit. It's it's about it goes how much back, more money can they make. Yeah, exactly. It goes back to what we talked about before. It's like they see dollar signs. Like mm-hmm. there there's ways to make money and that's what they're concerned about. Yep. I know. It's just very two-faced and it's it's disgusting. And to me. I'm sure not every politician is like that. But you would hope not. 
you would really hope the not. majority of them fuckers are like that. Yeah. That's why, and this will be the last thing I say about it, but I, again, wipe the slate clean, few term limits. Yeah. Your politicians should not be a thing. Yeah, I'm all for that. Well, on a lighter note, this is the last article for today, which... Yeah, that shit will get me riled up real quick. Right? Holy fuck, oh, I know. man. Um, this is from uh, CNBC. 93% of employers want to see soft skills on your resume. Here are eight of the most in-demand ones. Communication skills, customer service, scheduling, time management, project management, analytical thinking, ability to work independently, and flexibility. I chose this topic to talk about because um, I think it's really important, especially in today's day and age. It used to be, and it still is, just I don't think it's as prevalent, but it used to be a thing where you had to have a college degree to get a job, Mm -hmm. right? And that was, like, so important, which I get somewhat of. It shows that you were able to commit yourself for four years to something, right? Yeah. I get that. Well, it's investment for your future. But how about the people who, like Joe, can self-teach them can self-teach themselves how to do these things and might not might not need to go to a college, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Joe's got a master's and all that, and he's done very well for himself. Yeah. But there are intelligent computer people out there that can teach themselves probably how to do a job better than somebody with a college degree. Especially because of the internet nowadays. It's right. just like do-it-yourself projects at home. You go on YouTube and you can learn. Yeah. Very easily. But how do you show that proof in a resume? That's why I'm really glad I read this article and to see that this kind of stuff is actually becoming more important. Now. Yeah. Because I can tell you as somebody who hires people, in all honesty, I could care less if you have a college degree. That tells me you paid a lot of money to go somewhere. I think I think that's great if you did. Like I don't want to take a, I don't want it to sound like I'm taking away from a college degree. No. I'm just saying having a college degree shouldn't necessarily put you any higher than if you don't have a college degree. I think in certain jobs. Okay, there we go. In certain jobs. Yeah. Be was... a doctor? Yes. You need to go learn put in the time because there's very technical important things when you're dealing with somebody's life yeah and i I mean even with i I would say like joe's job like you would you can learn like you can learn how to program and stuff right so you could probably legitly if someone was good at it and really loved doing it just like jack Mm -hmm. jack already knew how to program before he went to college he already knew how to do these things I'm not exactly sure what college, what more he learned in college. He probably learned some math and stuff that he never uses anymore. Yeah. But, I mean, he probably learned some things. Well, and you just said it right there. What more can having a college degree do for somebody who is already really good at the job they might be applying for? Yeah. Other than having the paper that says I did it. That'd be a good conversation to have with Jack, actually, because I, I would just – write it out as like hey do you think you could do your job now without going to college like right. do you think you had you that skill set easily i bet you i bet you, you would have been yes yeah probably honestly so i guess you know what would be the alternative then 
I don't know. How do you but prove that? How do you prove it? I think it's kind of like what you went through, and you go through and you get a certificate. You well, yeah, cert, you can. Yeah, right? you can get a cert. You can. I mean, if the company really cares that much about what we're talking about, then they could offer tests to see, like, hey, what's this guy's skill level actually at? I don't think you could necessarily convince a company to do that because that would be a lot, a lot of wasted time, which would be a lot of wasted money. Right. I was just first thing that came to my head, right. spit it out. Because I know some companies do test, even though, like, like if you're getting a job at Google, you have to mm-hmm. solve, like, critical thinking problems. You yeah. have to solve, like, that's coded fair. problems. Like, that's... That's usually just, like, because I've looked into this because I'm, I'm, and I'm still to this day interested and intrigued and might do it um project management certificates are huge like being able to prove that you have project management skill is like a really big thing in these certificates what i like about a certificate instead of a college degree is it still shows your ability to do the job at a very minimal cost and very minimal time it's not four years it might be a month and you can still show the same thing as you would have by getting that degree that you spent four years and 40 to a hundred thousand dollars i actually agree with your point and the reason why is because college is now more like high school than it's ever been it's yeah. like that's what you do. You're going to go to college. When you go to college, you're like, fuck, I don't want to go to class. Like the same thing you did in high school. Like, I don't want to do any of this stuff. If you go out and get a cert on your own time, it shows that like you're invested in this. You want to do this. Mm-hmm. You did it. Right. There's no forcing. Cause I felt like a little bit of force when I used to go to class and like college, it's like, I don't really want to go, but it's like, I'm being forced to like, right. By myself, obviously, but still, I don't want to go to. When I went and got my little networking cert, I wanted to do that, and I went and did it on my own time in my spare time. Right. To me, that means more. I don't know how you show a company that, but, I mean, well, again, I, I think, think my point makes sense. It's kind of back to certs, and, and the, to kind of bring it back to the article, again, as an employer, I mean, think about what what I'm doing with you. I know... I know that you have these skills, right? Because mm-hmm. obviously you're my brother. I know you have a majority of these skills, communication skills, customer service. Your time management could be better. Mm-hmm. But anyways. That's getting better. It is getting better. Um, I would rather see somebody with these soft skills, like they're talking on the resume, because then I can teach you concrete. I don't need somebody else teaching you concrete. What I need is for you to be able to come in be able to communicate with customers, being able to communicate with me, being able to logically work through a problem. You might not know certain things because I haven't like taught you how to do them yet, Yeah. but I still need you like you did with the sidewalk the other day when I yeah. said, I want you to set this up and I'm not going to help you. Yeah. If you run into something, ask me, I'll check it when you're done. Mm-hmm. I need you to be able to logically work through a problem mm-hmm. without help. And then if you do mess up, I can show you where you messed up. But because you worked through it, mm-hmm. you're going to know how to fit that in the steps next time. Right. Yeah. So to me, it's almost way more beneficial to have these soft skills as an employee 
and then rely on me to teach you the more intricate part of what we do. Yeah. And I and I can do more with somebody that way than I can do with somebody who doesn't have the soft skills and knows the technical stuff. Because the technical stuff, everybody has a different way of finishing concrete. I mean, for yeah. the most part, you finish concrete, right? Yeah. But everybody has their own little things. Well, if you come to my business and I do it differently, I'm going to have to teach you, reteach you those technical skills anyways right. of how we do it. Mm -hmm. So to me, I think the biggest part is to have these soft skills as a foundation and then allow your job or wherever you're at the to work on the technical stuff. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's really how it works. Like you don't go to college and... It's just like me going to work at the zoo. I went to college for all these years, and I went and got a job at the zoo. What I learned in college, I didn't just walk. I didn't just walk into the zoo, and I'm like, I know what the fuck I'm doing here. Right. I went to college. Yeah. No, I had to sit behind someone for two to three months, learning the entire thing of it, yep. learning, and then I was able to do that job. Every job works that way. Every job does. Another thing too that can kind of contribute to showing your expertise and it's something you've done and can relate to is, is internships. I mean, internships yeah. show. I learned a lot when I interned for the zoo. And I guess in internships kind of coordinate with being in college. Yeah, I do. But what if you could do an internship without being in college? And we've talked, kind of talked about this before because you don't always know what you want to do when you're that young, right? Yeah. What if there That's was the programs problem. that could get you internships in something you're interested in? Yeah, you might not get paid, but it gets you a firsthand experience going, oh, maybe I should be investing my time in doing this or go, eh, this isn't what I thought it was. Yeah. Without spending that Forty to a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt. Yeah, I think you can. I mean, you can definitely get an internship without going to college, but it works just like getting a regular job. What are you gonna have on your resume that's gonna allow you to get this internship? Right. You're not gonna have anything. No. They're not You're gonna, gonna want to pick hey, you up. I'm interested in this. Yeah, and they're gonna be like, okay, like, uh, sorry. Uh, how do we know you're interested? You don't have anything on your resume that says you're interested. Right. Like I said, I don't want to take away from the fact that I don't. I think college should disappear. It's just really shitty to spend that kind of money on on something that in the end is just a piece of paper on a resume. It doesn't really show your fundamental skills, your mm. people skills. No, right? I, no, it doesn't. And one thing you can't learn in college is those skills. Right. You have to go out and actually apply and build those skills. Yeah. You build those skills by doing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that's something that that we should practice more on. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, that's all I got for this week. You got anything else? No, I don't think so. All right. Thanks for listening, guys, and don't forget to reach out to us at the Blue Collar Built Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Catch you next week.